leaving people, but before they depart, they have to have a little time with the, 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 the chief of devils, Satan. And so Satan says to the first devil, how do you plan on deceiving people? And the first says, my plan is to convince people there is no God. And you, he says to the second, what is, what is your plan of deception? And he said, my plan is to convince people that there is no hell. And turning to the third one, he says, and your plan for deception? And this one says, my, my plan will be less intellectual. I plan to convince people that they have plenty of time to prepare for their own death and the second coming of Christ. And Satan smiled and said, do that and you will deceive many people. You know, seven deadly sins that have been a part of our tradition for a long time, spiritual pride, anger, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, and sloth. If you wanted to add an eighth to the, to the list, I think a good one to, to make the list would be procrastination because that can negatively impact every area of our lives and certainly our spirituality. And we, uh, the reason we have seasons like Advent, Lent, they're kind of like a wake-up call because our human nature being what it is, we can so easily put it on autopilot and just drift. You know, a spiritual laziness can kind of come in. And so we, we need those special times of year to really get us kind of refocused on what's truly important. And during the season of Advent, we prepare for the coming of Christ, certainly the coming of Christ at, at Christmas. And this particular Sunday, there's a little more emphasis on the second coming of Christ. And I don't think Jesus would have us get overly obsessed about you know, when that is going to be. No one knows the day nor the hour. But the important thing is living our lives in a state of, uh, of vigilance and preparedness should that coming come quickly. You look at Jesus' words in today's gospel, and there's actually a couple exclamation points connected with, with Jesus' directives in here. Be watchful, be alert, exclamation point. You do not know when the time will come. And it concludes with watch, exclamation point. And I think it's good counsel for, for all of us because, we, again, we need those, uh, those times of a special reminder about real, what's going to keep us spiritually healthy on the on, on, on a spiritual journey. You know, we prepare for the coming of Christ at Christmas, and the reason why we celebrate it every year, because at, at the surface, it's like, gosh, we just did this last year. Why are we doing everything? It looks all kind of the same almost. You know, the reason why is hopefully year after year there's a deepening taking place and we're allowing Christ to be born more, more deeply into our lives. What gets in the way of that prepared, vigilant, alive spirit? I use a word here. I think a key thing that can happen to us in a negative way is, is just, it's just drift. And you think about a married couple with their vocation, and it's very easy for, for drift to happen in a relationship, it's just maybe not communicating as much and the busyness of life and you know, what can happen. Pretty soon there can be like, a, like, like a, a drifting apart and sometimes very far apart. What about a priest? You know, a priest can drift in his vocational core from, from prayer, from the celebration of the sacraments, from ministry to the community and kind of drift to a place where you know, become much more vulnerable to the wiles of the evil. And what about, a, you know, a, a Christian? And we can, uh, with, uh, we, sometimes we can maybe get disconnected from the importance of prayer, sacraments. And I think we're in a very uh, vulnerable time right now with the pandemic where so many people are, are, are disconnected. You know, we're very fortunate. To, I mean, it's great to see everyone here today. 
you know, a lot of people, people don't, they don't feel comfortable coming back yet. And uh, maybe because of age or, or just concern about the, with, with, with this virus. And we're blessed to have this live streaming ability where people can at least connect in that way. And again, it's, it's not the same, but it's certainly appropriate at this time. And it helps people keep a connection. But the, the danger for any of us, again, I think is, is, is drift. You know, the number one reason why people leave the church and the faith, it's not because they've had a bad experience, even though that can happen. But it, it's really just kind of drifting away. You know, pretty soon it becomes like once a month, you know, quarterly, and then it's Christmas and Easter, and then it's kind of like out, out the door. And so the importance of that, that, that connection and union with we have with the Lord is, is, is vital. And I just want to mention a, a, a few indicators of having that prepared, vigilant, alive faith. I love that line from St. Irenaeus, the glory of God is a person fully alive. And spiritually, it's through that, that time with the Lord, that connection with him, sacraments and prayer, service. That's how that aliveness uh, grows. I just want to mention a few areas. Uh, one important indicator, and I think it's a hallmark indicator of spiritual health, is gratitude, a growth in gratitude. You know, we just celebrated uh, Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, for a Christian, really, every day should be Thanksgiving Day, even when tough times are going on. Because when the Lord's in the center, and the closer you get to him, you can't help but be grateful because you realize everything you have and are is gift from God. So I think those two words, thank you, hopefully they come forth from us frequently, certainly in our relationship with God and our prayer, but also the people in our lives, we can so easily take for granted others and God. And so gratitude is a, a, a very, very important virtue and it's in growth in that is a, is a healthy sign of spirituality. You know, another one I wanted to mention, it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's wonder and awe. And yeah, I think of one of, my, uh, one of my grandmas, all my grandparents are deceased now, but the uh, uh, one grandma, grandpa, we spent a lot of time with them as, as, as kids. And uh, she had deep, deep faith. So did my grandpa. But my, my grandmother was very, it was just something special. And one of my first memory of learning prayers, spending time with her. And uh, she was one, if there was like a, uh, I don't know if you saw her, if any of you were up for like sunrise this morning, but it was just an awesome uh, with, the, with the sky. And when my, my grandma would see that like a sunset, she would just, she would point it out to us kids. It's like, would you look at that? I mean, she just had that uh, an appreciation of God's creation and uh, would, was just effusive in her, kind of her praise of God and just with life, life in general. And again, I think that's a, that's, that's an assi a sign of that, that the alive spirit of, uh, you know, when, when I remember when we were, we were kids and it'd be break time from school, you know, sometimes we would go to our folks, you know, we, I have two brothers and a sister, and say, we are so bored. And uh, my mom would get to a point where she would say, you know, I am not the uh, entertainment director around here, you know, get, out, get outside, go. And... Uh, it's one thing, you know, we, we've all been there, but you know, you know, when you get older, how, how could you ever be bored with the gift of life, with God's creation? All we can learn, all the ways we can grow. And uh, if anything, we should have a feeling, gosh, I don't have enough time to really, uh, you know, really to appreciate it, experience it. And so I, I think wonder and awe 
is a, a, a sign of that growth. Another one would be a growth in compassion and service. As we get closer to Christ, he enlarges our hearts with grace and the overflow is in acts of compassion and, and, and service. And I'm sure for all of us gathered here today, you know, we, sometimes we don't even know we're about the Lord's work. We just do it. And those situations arise and we, and we respond in a Christ-like way, in a compassionate way. I see here at the parish all the time. It might be through the food pantry or the giving tree. I mean, I was just approached by a, a, a parishioner recently. They, they want to do these, they call them like faith boxes, and they're going to make these, these faith boxes. And some of our high school students are involved, and they're going to be taking those to some care facilities. Because sometimes people in the facilities are totally isolated and struggling with loneliness. And so those, those, little, uh, those little acts of compassion, it doesn't have to be the stuff that makes the headlines, but we all have that capacity to, to, share, to share Christ and make a difference in, in service. You know, another one, the fourth one I just wanted to mention was uh, it's, in, it's in the area of prayer. And uh, I think a sign of spiritual health is that there's a growing hunger to spend time with the Lord. And, uh, you know, our human nature being what it is, uh, sometimes it's a little bit of a battle, isn't it? Where you sense the Lord's giving you that nudge, that invitation to spend more time with Him, but that it's easier to turn the TV on and we can maybe fight it a little bit. But he, he never forces, He never twists our arm, but He's going to gently invite us into deeper unity with Him and that time with Him and prayer. And uh, again, if you lose that hunger, I'd be concerned, but that hunger is really a sign of God's grace in our lives. And so during this Advent time, I think it's a, again, a special time of year to respond to that in time with the Lord. However you pray, sometimes people say, hey, how should I pray? You know, whatever works for you. You know, that's just, just to spend that time or however you pray. And just one of the last area I wanted to mention here, when I talked about procrastination be one of the, you know, another one of the deadlies. And it's in the area of, uh, with, with forgiveness and I know for, because I hear it a lot from folks, how do I let go of that grudge or even that hatred? You know, sometimes people really hurt each other. And what do I do about that? And we don't want to come before the judgment seat of God because we don't know the day nor the hour, you know, with, with hatred in our hearts towards someone. And I'm not saying this is easy to deal with, but, you know, if you have any struggles with that, with forgiveness or letting go of a grudge or resentment, you know, invite the divine physician in there or go to sacramental reconciliation. You know, he's the one who ultimately is going to bring us that, to that point where we can forgive and we can, we can let go. Because we, as human beings, we can hang on so easily, even to hatred. So we don't want to, we don't, uh, don't want to procrastinate on that and then all of a sudden we're before the judgment seat of God with a lot of hatred in our hearts. So invite the, the Lord into that place. So at the moment here, we're going to be lighting a candle on the Advent wreath as we enter into this holy season. And I pray for everyone here that it be a holy season of grace as we prepare for the coming of our Lord at Christmas. And let's, so let's ask for that, uh, that blessing as we light this candle today and it be a season of, of growth for each one of us.